It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr, your cheap seat crony. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast, your only daily source for Cincinnati Reds baseball. Today, I want to take a look at Nick Senzel and how he's going to fit into the lineup. I believe he's going to be the X factor for the Reds this season, especially coming into spring training. There's going to be a lot fleshed out there. And then at the Second half of the podcast, going to look at some other news and notes and maybe take a look at JT Realmuto once again. Feels like we've talked about him a lot. Hopefully here getting some news maybe within the next few days regarding the Reds' position on him. But before we get to that, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Also, check us out on social media at Lockdown Reds and my personal account at Jeff Carr, J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. And also check out LockdownReds.com. Kind of getting my ducks in a row, setting up for some new writers. Hopefully, I'll have a little bit more information as to how to get that going here soon. I appreciate those who have reached out. Feel free to hit me up on the Twitter if you are interested in writing for LockdownReds.com as we enter into spring training. Now, let's get to today's topic Like I mentioned, there's still no news regarding JT Realmuto or really any other thing going on with the Reds in the news area. So I kind of wanted to take a look at um, probably what is going to be the biggest storyline of spring training for the Reds. Now, obviously we're talking about rotation and all this other stuff, but really it's going to boil down to Nixon Zell. And the biggest storyline with him is how is he going to um, acclimate to center field? He's been out in Goodyear, Arizona, working with Eric Davis and If you ask me, there are few people that he could be working with better than Eric the Red, and he's getting him set to play in center field. He's taken fly balls and done all kind of live batting practices, some game scenarios, and they said that he's also been working in left field as well. You know, he's listed as a third baseman on the roster. He's played a lot of second base last season in AAA Louisville, and they even tried him out at shortstop for a minute, but it looks like it's going to be second base or, depending on how he acclimates, it's going to be the outfield. Nick Kroll had said in an interview earlier this offseason talking about Nick Senzel, he could see them utilizing him in a Martin Prado kind of role. Martin Prado played just about everywhere on the diamond. I mean, I think he even got a little bit of first base, and the only place he didn't play was catcher. And if the Reds' game plan is to get Nick Senzel as many at-bats as possible, that is an awesome strategy a very outside-the-box way of thinking for the Cincinnati Reds team, something that it was kind of, you know, it's hard to see outside-the-box thinking the last couple of years. I really think with this new coaching staff and the way that they are gelling with the front office, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Now, when it comes to center field, in an interview with Bob Nightingale, Nick Senzel was saying that you know he's starting to get more comfortable there. He didn't really have any experience playing in center field up to this point, but with the way that the ball travels and 
off the bat and then also looking at you know getting his arm in condition to play in the outfield he's used to playing in the infield where it's a totally different throwing style but he's really getting a lot of work in and he's been out there for probably about a month now he was officially invited to spring training on January 9th, and I believe he was already there. So it's kind of like one of those things like he just showed up and he waited for someone to open the door, and they opened the door for the party and let him in. But truth be told, I really, you know, obviously if you're a Reds fan, you're rooting for him to pan out in center field and to pan out very quickly because that is going to be the key to Nixon Zell being on the opening day roster. I think if it is a Martin Prado situation, I think that they do that whole two-week down in AAA thing before they call him up, kind of like what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant a few years back and was very well documented at the time. In fact, if I don't remember exactly who the third baseman was that the Cubs had on the roster then, but I think it was a situation where Chris Bryant was clearly better than that player, but they wanted to cement his super two status and basically that just means they're getting another year of arbitration eligibility and they're extending his time clock with the team before he is eligible to hit free agency i can see where financially the reds are going to want to do that but they've really set themselves up as a team with the moves that they've done for this roster and all of this good stuff that They want to contend this year, and if you're going to contend this year, if you're going to even have a hope to make the playoffs in this division with the competition that they're going to face, you got to have Nick Senzel up here every single game. And as long as he's healthy, he's got to be in the lineup. You know, I mean, put him in there, second base, center field, all that good stuff. But think about this for a minute. And it's been a topic that Mo Egger has talked about a couple of times. I've also heard some other guy, Lance McAllister, and folks talk about this. Shinsu Chu, whenever the Reds got him, where did they put him? They put him in center field. Now, does Shinsu Chu compare defensively to Billy Hamilton? No. No one would say that by any stretch of the imagination. So... I mean, when you compare Nixon Zell, Nixon Zell is at least a little bit more athletic than Shinsu Chu. So I think he falls somewhere on the spectrum in between Chu and Billy Hamilton. Now, Billy Hamilton defensively is just not of this world. He is a superhuman defensive player in center field. So to compare anyone to him is just unfair. I think Nixon Zell through the course of spring training, is going to prove to us that he is at least competent enough to play defensively in center field. Now, what that leads to then is his bat. His bat is going to be his moneymaker. Because according to, I was reading something that um, MLB.com's minor league website, MILB.com, was writing about Nixon Zell. And in the article, it talked about Fangraph's projection, um, you know, application that they use called the Steamer 600. And the 600 just stands for the 600 at-bats that the projection system uses. When it comes to everyday players, it automatically assumes health 
and it puts everyday position players at 600 at-bats. And it says this is the amount of productivity this player will give you in 600 at-bats for this season. And when it looks at Nick Senzel, it projected him to have a 2.7 wins above replacement. It said that he will hit 275 and he'll have a slugging percentage right around 450 and an on-base percentage right around 340. And honestly, that is amazing. I mean, according to the projection system as a whole, it took a look at the rest of the team based on the 600 at-bat criteria and it said that the, the roster as is... The MVP would be Eugenio Suarez. Scooter Jeanette and Joey Votto would be right, you know, right there next to him. And then Scooter, or sorry, not Scooter. Then Nick Senzel would be the fourth best position player according to wins above replacement. The syst, you know, the, the numbers crunching software takes a look at the data points that Nixon Zell has provided to them and says that he is going to be a good contributor to the team right out of the gate. So the Reds really need to get him in the everyday lineup, and I think that starts in center field, and I think he's going to work out very well there. I'm way late for a break on this, so we're going to do a couple of ads, and we'll be right back here on the Wednesday edition of the Locked on Reds podcast. You're listening to the Midweek Wednesday edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. In the first half of the show, we talked about Nick Senzel and how I think he is going to fit into the Reds' plans for 2019, how those plans are going to get fleshed out during spring training, and how I believe he's going to be um, the X factor for the Reds this season. You know, looking at the lineup, I think that's going to be the strength, once again, for the Reds. It's definitely not too much of a stretch there to say that a lot of people look at the pitching staff and you know there's question marks sure they got better they got some established players that have experience on the mound in Alex Woods, Sonny Gray and Tanner Roark and the big question is how are they going to pan out are they going to you know satisfy the hash brown get the pitching that Bill Castellini had put onto the front office at the beginning of the offseason As long as they are serviceable, as long as they are right there in the middle and really can hold other teams to almost an average of four runs, that's kind of the arbitrary number. There's really no, I've not done any sort of, haven't really looked at that and, you know, crunched numbers or anything crazy like that. It's just an arbitrary number that I've thought up in my head. If the Reds can hold other teams to four runs, I really feel like this offense can average scoring five runs a game. And, you know, I tweeted this out earlier that if the Reds score five runs and then insert team here scores four runs, then guess what? The Reds win. That's all they got to do. They don't need Cy Young. They don't need to hold other teams to one run or shut them out all the time or something like that. They just need to keep them from blowing up. And if the Reds pitching staff can do that, something that they had trouble with last year. I mean, there were a number of games that you can go back and look, and it almost looks as if it's a football score. I mean, there were a couple of times that teams were putting up lopsided numbers on them that if the Reds can really curtail that in 2019, I believe their lineup is going to carry them to success. You know, that over-under set at 77.5 be a nice little starting point that if they can keep that number down, 
as far as runs allowed is concerned, and they can win some one-run games, I could see them being easily 500, maybe a little above 500. And, you know, there I get way ahead of myself and say playoff contenders. But that's obviously there's still some more things that need to get fleshed out between now and the beginning of the season and, you know, even on into the season for that to happen. So it's exciting to look at, really. I enjoy... Uh, thinking of this season, it's it's been great. You know, I I'm so glad that I've gotten this podcast this year because you look at the last couple of years and where we were at at this point. You know, right before spring training was starting, it's like a couple people were excited about pitchers and catchers reporting, but there just wasn't this palpable excitement that we have right now. I mean. There's been people asking me that if the Reds get JT Ramuto, is this the best offseason ever in Reds history? And it's a legitimate argument. I've got guys who had absolutely just, you know, you'd almost have to convince them to go to the ballpark last year because they knew that the Reds just weren't anything fun to watch. And now they're like, man, when's opening day? How am I getting my tickets? Let, let's do this. Let's go to a bunch of games this year because they feel that this team has the ability to do something special, and that's all because of what the front office has done. And that's kind of a segue into what I'm thinking with JT Ramuto. I think that they're going to get him. You know, a couple of days ago I told you that nothing big is going to happen now. It's just going to be little moves here and there. But I really feel like the longer that this moves on, I think the Reds are going to be able to get him. Because whenever the Reds first enter negotiation with the Marlins, I'm pretty sure the Marlins were saying, you know, it's either Sinzel or you know Tramel or something like that, or we're not talking. And the Reds were like, okay, that's cool. That's your prerogative. And then they hung up on him. Now... I think the Marlins are really trying to deal Real Muto for, for whatever reason. I, I think they feel some sort of clock on this thing, some sort of running clock that they need to beat the time and get rid of Real Muto. And that really favors the Reds because the Reds have shown that they, you know, according to reports, are probably the most aggressive team going after Real Muto because. It was reported that the Dodgers and the Padres are also in trying to get the Marlins star catcher, but that the Reds were the most aggressive in their pursuit. And the more and more that this drags on, the more I think the price starts to come down. Because it was reported earlier that they wanted the Dodgers to trade him Cody Bellinger. And then they came back off that and they're saying that they want some good prospects now. And it wasn't Sinzel and Tramel. Now it was Jonathan India. And, you know, maybe there's reports that they're still looking for a high-end prospect with Jonathan India. Maybe that comes down. Maybe then they're talking about, you know, like a Vlad Gutierrez or something like that, which, I mean, that'd still be tough to stomach. He's close to the major leagues, I think. But, you know, I, I just think that with time passing, the Reds are going to be able to pull this off and win. Hopefully, you know, I'm saying when they get this, their lineup is going to be set. It's just going to be absolutely phenomenal, and they'll easily average five runs a game adding JT Realmuto in there. But it's, it's just exciting. It's really fun to be a Reds fan right now. And shout out to Darius Rucker, Hootie and the Blowfish. 
he sent out a tweet talking about some kind of crazy sports prediction for 2019, and he said that the Reds will win the World Series. Way to go, Hootie. Love, love, love the prediction. But just exciting time to be a Reds fan. I'm glad you listened to this episode here. Make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On Reds podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Also, check us out online at LockedOnReds.com, on Twitter, at LockedOnReds, and my personal Twitter, at J-E-F-F-F-C-A-R-R. Like I said, always appreciate you downloading and listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow for Throwback Thursday. Another good one coming at you. You've been listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.